everybody. Welcome back to another bonus episode of No Advice, Just Opinions. It's Kelly and Claire here. And if you're hearing this, it's because you're one of our patrons and we love you so much. So we are hosting some little impromptu, unedited conversations about things that we're watching. Nope, we're reading, (laughs) listening to, and watching. We're going to try to keep them in order. (laughs) Hey, Claire. All right, what are you reading right now? Okay, so to back up just a little, I have made it a goal to read more fiction books in this year because I literally have been on information overload, only reading nonfiction, and so I am well into my first fiction book of the year. Um, This is not a book I picked out, actually. Ryan's brother and sister-in-law gave this to me for Christmas, and it's a book called Furious Hours, The Murder, Mm. Fraud, and Last Trial of Harper Lee written by Casey Sepp. And so it's, I'm, I'm real into it right now. It's part like murder mystery. And, um, it's very interesting, especially for fans of Harper Lee and To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, but it's a lot of information as well, which I think is speaking to me as somebody who loves details. Like she kind of goes and deep dives all these different historical things that I'm guessing are true. I hope they're true. I'm believing them is true. Um, but it's, it's very interesting. And so it's a really good, I think a really good start for my fiction, my fiction goal for the year. I love a good murder mystery. So mine is actually a fiction too. And I'm kind of cheating again. I'm listening to it. Um, but it's everything I never told you by Celeste Ng and that's NG. Um, I've seen this on bookshelves and I've seen it, you know, circulating some of the top. So I was like, okay, let's, you know, let me give this a try. Um, I'm, I'm about halfway in. And uh, it's about a family who loses a child, like a teenage child. She oh. gets, she goes missing. I don't want to spoil it, but you know, yeah. it's they're doing the whole back and forth, right? Like they're you know going back in time and you know doing little storylines for each of the characters. Um, I have to say though, I'm getting a little tired of the fiction plot, which is husband steps out on his wife um, mm, yeah. with the sexy secretary. So she's yeah. ki- she's kind of losing me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we'll see if it if it wraps back up in a in a more tidy way. Is that book um, on like a Reese Witherspoon or Oprah Book Club list? Probably. Is probably. it blue blue and red cover? No, it's got like um little snippets of like note paper on it. Oh, um, it's, I'm thinking of something different then. I'll do a I'll do a screenshot and send it. But um, yeah, I mean you know it. I'm intrigued. It's about a family that's um it's a biracial family, which is always cool. Um, the father is the son of Chinese immigrants Mm -hmm. and then, and it's set back in like the sixties or Mm seventies. No, it was in the fifties when his, when he got married to his white American wife, well, he's American too, but um, they actually mentioned the lovings, you know, Richard Mm -hmm. and what's her name. I forget her name. Loving that. Yeah. Started the whole precedent for, you know, outlawing the ban on interracial marriages. So that's always fun, but it's talking about the kids and how they're kind of out of place always. Um, in school and whatnot. So I'm in, I'm in it for that. Um, again, I'm getting a little tired of this. Like, plus soon as they said, like, (laughs) you know, he goes to the secretary's house. I'm like, come on, (laughs) that's too easy for conflict. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's my, that's my read. I'll, I'll circle back and let you know how it ends up being. Same, same. I'm liking mine. It's it's not necessarily like a book I probably would have picked up, which is kind of nice because Hmm. sometimes people make good choices for you. So that's a yeah. really life lesson for me. You get stuck in a groove. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, cool. I read this for a book club and that's what like prompted oh. them to, to get it. For oh, me. 
fun fact, I'm leading a book club uh, for The Road Back to You next oh, this – Oh, God. This month. I should probably do a little prep for that. Yeah, I <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a part of a book club last uh, fall, and we did uh, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. It was Great. fantastic. Um, and yeah, and The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile has a workbook that goes with mm-hmm. it. So I'm pretty much just going to use the workbook as a yeah. uh, conversation facilitator, but it's about the Enneagram. So I'm really excited for and that. And you're doing that online, right? Like a- uh, Well, yeah, it's virtual. Yeah. Virtual. Um, it's actually our team, our freelance team that works with us over on Millie. Um, she runs it for her company and she's invited me to participate, which oh, is how cool. awesome. I know. I'm excited. We'll it's definitely follow up with that too. What are you yeah, listening well. to right now? Besides, um, so besides our podcast and our podcast <laughs> over and over and over again to catch all the ums and whatever that I misedited. <laughs> um, so I found one called the spouse angle and it's by Natalie Gross and it is uh, kind of like a military spouse angle of all of these like topics that influence military lifestyle. So she broke down um, some of the housing stuff with, uh, mm. she had a, you know, uh, Sh- uh, Shannon from MFAN on mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, what are the impacts? What have taught, you know, talk about the survey they're launching, all that stuff. Um, she was talking about the NDAA, which is the, Dispen- the Defense Spending Sort of Authorization Act that mm-hmm. uh, dictates everything in our lives. So it's just breaking down stuff in kind of a digestible way. And she has experts that come on and talk about whatever arena. I'm really impressed. Like, it's great. Um, so yeah, wrote her a review and showed her some love because well, that's, that's a, a great, great way to share the love, you guys. Man, just saying. I love <laughs> and you know what? It helps them. Yeah. Yeah. My review is 90% emojis. So it doesn't really matter what it says, right? (laughs) So anyway, what about you? Well, I have two. Um, The first is the Office Ladies podcast by Pam and Angela. That's their characters' names from the office. Oh my God, how fun. And um, they basically take, I think they're not really going exactly in chronological order. They're not hitting every episode. There may be 12 or 15 in, but they take an episode of The Office that they watch together and then they talk about all the behind the scenes, the writers, the the casting, like all of it. And um, that is so cool. Just so clever and fun. And that show is like a staple in our house. And I follow both of them on Instagram. They're very much into like their bread making and their cats in real life. (laughs) It's just, it's clever. Um, kind of has a girl, girl boss vibe. And then this is kind of like a, an off thing to mention, but, um, big Dave Ramsey fan. And Mm -hmm. every time I take a road trip, it's just kind of like my thing I like to listen to because it's keeping my mind off of a long drive Mm -hmm. and, um, or when I'm like on a treadmill. And so this, past Monday. So if you were to go back and look, the episodes aren't numbered, but it's the Monday, December the 30th, the hour two. He has a segment where a guy has come to do his debt-free scream and he is actually in the military. And young guy, it's very kind of a very sad story. Um, He basically was having his identity stolen by his parents who ran up (gasps) a ton of debt in his name when he was deployed several years ago and like chunking all his money into a savings account, he came home, his parents had spent through it. Um, so definitely like some boundaries that even Dave Ramsey tries to not like, even fathom. Oh my, oh my God. But, but here's the takeaway from that. And I think that segment with the guy starts around minute 19 because I sent it to Ryan. I wanted him to listen to, but he uses a phrase that apparently is a military phrase, but I loved it because it applies to him, but it also is just a good like little thing to keep in the back of your mind. Dave Ramsey was really like, dude, like how could you like allow your family to do this and like did you break up with your family and he's basically like you know what they're still my family but he talks about this idea of being either a viking 
somebody who's going to like go out and fight for something or a victim. So that phrase has just stuck with me Mm. since I listened to that episode because maybe our parents aren't stealing money from us, but we all have situations that like stink and maybe we don't feel like are in our control. But he took that mindset of I can be a Viking and fight this and work hard and be strong, or I can take the mindset of a victim and just continue to like roll over and let this stuff happen. And um, it's a really inspiring story. He paid off his debts. He does credit checks like monthly to make sure his parents aren't. So he has put in some boundaries and like has kind of cut them off. But it's a really inspiring story, not just of like his financial journey, but um, I don't know. I just love that. I've told myself that a few times since I listened to it. Claire, are you a Viking or a victim? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And I tell you what, if he was married, he wouldn't be dealing with any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he has a girlfriend. That was my thought. I was like, yeah, all these girls are going to be like, woohoo. Because now I think he went through, I think he was enlisted and then got the army to pay for his bachelor's and a master's. And he's like a physician's oh, wow. assistant now. So nice. part of the debt, debt-free scream thing is he likes to hear what your starting salary was and what your ending salary was. And I think the guy's making like 130K now. So I'm like, oh, wow. he's not going to be single for long. <laughs> Way to play it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so that's funny that you say that. Because Okay, so right now, because this is a patron-only um, episode, Andrew's deployed, and yeah. he's not technically deployed right now, like in the eyes of Uncle Sam, who really? is controlling his paychecks. Yeah, and oh. I'm like super annoyed. Um, I had all these plans. I'm going to pay stuff down, and we're also spending yeah. like $400 on a cell phone bill, like expenses yeah. that we didn't have beforehand, yeah. you know, we now are incurring. And I talked to him the other day, and I'm like, okay, let's figure this Where's, out. And he was like, well, pay? Extra pay. <laughs> why don't I just get a lump sum when I come home? I'm like, I don't think that makes sense. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. I don't like that idea at all because essentially Uncle Sam gets to use our money, you know, and he's earning interest on it. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. And we don't. um, So that conversation is still to be determined. But (laughs) anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Wait, I gave mine. Okay. So what are we watching? All right. Okay. You go first. All right. So I have two and it's all Netflix. I'm actually watching a lot. You guys. Don't judge me. Whatever. It's listen. You've got here. time to watch it with your husband deployed. Like, what else <sighs> yeah, are you gonna do at night? <laughs> well, but then we're talking about like boundaries and getting better sleep and being productive during the day, and that has become like a massive issue. Like, I'm catching myself going to bed at like one thirty. Well, it's that's not healthy. I'm not trying to justify it's the holiday. This, but yeah. It's been the holidays. Yeah. Everybody's kind of like loosey goosey. So yeah, you're gonna do so, better. But when tell school us what starts you've been, back, watching ten o'clock. <laughs> ten o'clock bedtime. Um. So. God, I fell in love with The Witcher. It's this Netflix show, and it's kind of like um, this fantasy, sci-fi, whatever. It's this hunk of a character um, called Geralt who hunts monsters, um, and it's Henry Cavill. So he's Superman, you guys, in case oh, you're wondering. Yeah. He's also in The Tudors, which I adored that series way back when. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I just loved it. I watched every single episode, could not get enough, and now it's over, and I have to wait three years for season two (laughs) (laughs) because that is the fall or the fault of a Netflix binge. Um, The other one I'm watching is called the politician. And that is fascinating. It's about this Mm -hmm. guy, kid in high school who kind of already just mapped his life out. Like he has decided he wants to be president of the United States and all presidents that he was tracking that were most successful in their campaigns had 
done blank, 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 and blank, right? And being the student body president was one of the first kind of milestones he needed to hit. He needed to go, he needed to do that. He needed to go to Harvard. He needed to do this, this, and this. So he's very ambitious, like the three is three ever, if ever there was a three, right? right? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but it is smart. Like the, the writing is really dense, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a ton of ton of dialogue uh baked into the show the feel is kind of glee like in the way that it moves it's quick and snarky and you know whatever um Mm -hmm. he sings a couple of times he's actually Mm -hmm. a great singer um but it's also kind of mixed with i would say like house of cards or something a little little more dark i've seen a few episodes of it too and it's kind of that like you're watching it and then all of a sudden look straight into the camera to talk to you right like a little of that yeah yeah yeah. he's a little creepy in a good way He's having died. Yeah, you're getting like the the inner sanctum kind of thoughts from him. Um, but it is, I don't know. I like, I was surprised that it sucked me in in the way that it did. I binged mm-hmm. that one in uh, two or three nights. And um, some really interesting and powerful topics that they're covering. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Anyway, it was great. I would recommend it. It was, it was a good watch. Yeah. Well, I've got several. And two or, two or things. Well, let me just start at the top. Number one. Friends. Ryan has never seen Friends. We finished it. It left Netflix on December 31st. I didn't think I was going to be so emotional as it ended again, but that is like my college and growing up and coming of eight years. So that started after like my senior year of high school. And that was the Thursday night or Tuesday night, whatever night that like everybody came to our apartment and we watched it together. And while I was not living in New York, I was vicariously living in New York and navigating (laughs) relationships and adulthood. Mm. And, um, kind of one of those like, Oh, you gotta see friends. It's like Seinfeld or the office. And Ryan agreed to watch it. Um, he loved new girl. And I told him if he liked new girl, he would like it. So we watched it and finished it. And like, I don't know, it just brought back all these feelings. And I think some of it was just maybe grieving that like that season of my life was also ending it with that final shutting of the the apartment door (laughs) you know 20 years later hook some meaning onto it I love it well so that's the one thing we've been watching we've also been really invested in season three of the crown um I don't know if you're into the crown but the first two seasons had a set of actors that played all the roles and then season three I know they switched them out right Mm. every single character has aged and so they've got new actresses and actors and I love Olivia Coleman in it it took me a few episodes to really adjust but it's Mm -hmm. it's oh it's so good um and then I have two shows that I've started but because of like the content I can't just like openly watch them in our den so I have to like do it when (laughs) nobody's around or they're just not like kids shows. I call them earmuff shows, but I've loved them. And that is, um, Dairy Girls on Netflix and Schitt's Creek. And I am just, Oh my God. Schitt's Creek is like, I, Oh, (laughs) it's like my balm. I I actually just bought, I bought a shirt online and it's a Rose Apothecary, like branded shirt. It looks like it's from this shop. I'm like, I'm so in love with it. I love it. Well, yeah. That's it's, awesome. There's just so many things about that show. But again, like yeah. I started watching it with my son who's 16 and he like chuck, got a few chuckles out of it. And I was like, this can be our show. But then he was like, it's not that good. So um, <laughs> it's it's so good. Yeah, um, so many shows, so little time. <laughs> honestly. So we, we actually laugh about Schitt's Creek because there's a um there's a little. OK, so we have this guy who lives in my neighborhood who opened the store. It's a general store. Mm-hmm. Um and I, like we're watching Shit's Creek in that episode where David presents his business plan yeah. to the guy, and we're like, we're like, oh my god, this is the general store, like yeah. literally, 
word for freaking word we've asked pat before like did you write this offer because we're trying to do the like the timeline and he's like no i've had a couple people tell me that i had my idea first i'm like sure you did (laughs) but it's so funny it is so clever and so well written and oh yeah yeah so good. Yeah, well, speaking of it. watching, we want to end just, oh, we're, we could probably go on for another hour about this, but we're going to have to keep it pretty short. We have both seen the 2019 new version of Little Women, and we are just <sighs> so feeling good. all the things about the movie. Yeah. And um want to just share kind of some of our initial thoughts about it. If you have not seen it, you'll want to go ahead and end this listen of this episode. Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to be sharing a spoilers. Ton of spoilers. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. What were your thoughts? Who did you see it with? When did you see it? Well, we all went. Actually, my mother-in-law came up with the sweetest idea to take all the ladies um, to go see it. So I actually got to go. I took my daughter and me and my mom and my sister and my mother-in-law all went. So we took up like half the theater because it was a nice, tiny little theater with the reclining seats, which is the only way to see a movie in my True. opinion. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, it was so good. I kept like looking over at Hannah, my daughter, like she's nine, almost 10. I'm like, I wonder if she'll get this, but I want, I feel like I read this around that age or maybe a little bit older. I can't remember. Um, I remember not like being totally enamored with the book. Um, just, you know, it was cool. It's a good read, you know, iconic. You need to, um, I felt like this just gave it it just breathed life into it yes. again. Like, oh my gosh, what relatable characters. And I know we have a couple of moments that just were awesome. I, one mm. of the tearjerkers, of course, for me was uh, Beth, you know, in mm. her whole situation where she got sick and got better. And they really parsed that together beautifully, I thought, too. Like, mm-hmm. so she gets scarlet fever twice, um, the first time she recovers from it, and the second time she does not. Um, but they wove in both of those times together in a really pretty and meaningful way I thought like they nursed her back and then you know on the parallel sort of time they she, anyway it was just yeah. like bawling but that was there, actually like, a, a component bawling. of the whole movie like the time the way they dealt yeah. with time it wasn't just chronological it was a continual mm-hmm. flashback between their girlhood and their adulthood yeah. and it, at first honestly like it was a little confusing because they used the exact same actors for the young and the right. present day quote so to speak um, but once you kind of realized what they were doing, it was a beautifully woven story. Yeah. And I actually read an article in The Atlantic, and we can list it here, that it actually gave a nod to how realistic that is because we carry so much of our childhood with us yeah. and like how applicable that is to flashback to childhood in the hard moments yeah. of adulthood because we never really leave it behind, like our wounds and our experiences. I love that. I loved how forgiving they were with each other mm. and like, you know, like they, they had their things that they were mad about each other with, but they were still ready to kind of move on once the appropriate amends were made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't, I remember not liking Lori in the books right. and I still didn't like him. We liked the actor. He did a great job, but, um, ugh. Okay. So he, I just felt like he felt like he was entitled to any one of them that he wanted. Um, and he was just like, why are they all, is he literally the only dude? And it kind of looked like he was, but like the only dude in their County that was a prospect for, you know, a relationship, like, why were they all swooning over him? I, I never, I actually never liked how like boy crazy they all seemed to be. I remember this as a kid reading it, like, ugh, you know, but now I, I don't know. I, I'm sort of coming around, you know, like, cause especially Can I give you my perspective about him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you say entitled, I say, 
how else could he have grown up? Like no parents, doting grandfather, tons of money. Not to say that he's not entitled. He does act it, but what do you expect? Like he's groomed to be, to be that way. And True. then like you're saying about how, like, was there, were there no other guys? I didn't see it as this like, necessarily like this passionate like hey how you doing you know to quote Joey from friends I saw grew up together and like their love was so much deeper than just like a physical or like chemistry type thing it was like deep love and like he was he so badly wanted to be a part of that and have that familial feeling like he did love all of them he loved Amy he loved Beth he loved Joe every single one of those girls um and he was just happy and desperate to have any of their love. Huh. I, didn't, I didn't see it as cocky, like entitled, like I can have anyone I want. It was more of like maybe a, a mother wound or something. He needed somebody to like. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Interesting. No, okay. I, which which I, in fact gives me more sympathy toward him, I think, maybe than. Yeah, that softens it a little bit. Um, yeah. Just a thought, oh, just a perspective. No. And so, and kind of like, well, on that point though, I hate how reliant they have to be on a marriage, a good marriage. Like there's a, there's a moment where the aunt, aunt March, uh, tells, she tells Joe first, you need to find a man. Right. And then she tells Amy, like, you're the family's only hope um, (laughs) for marrying well. And like, you know, keeping the family kind of in good standing socially, financially, I mean, you name it. Um, but yeah, so can we talk about Amy's speech? Is it too too early? For well, that? let me just interject. I do. I want to talk about Aunt March because she does have that conversation with Joe, but it's like she says it, and then she knows Joe's not going to get married because she herself right. didn't get married. She sees right. Joe in herself, so she's like, "You should get married," but we both know, like, that's not going to make you happy. <laughs> and I kind of love that she left the house to Joe, yeah. like you know, and she she left her whole mansion estate, and like because and she well her answer to Joe's like, "Well, you never married." She's like, "Yeah, but I'm rich," right. like. <laughs> bam like that's all there's it's literally one or the other you can't have you know you can't have one without the other or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah i love that um ooh and even to take it another metaphor deeper in marriage you become the property but for joe she inherited a physical property mm. boom mic drop love it and yeah. married the hot italian guy was he italian oh German. god yeah. he's gorgeous <laughs> did that happen in the book i couldn't remember the ending of the book yes he did. She did. Oh, well, I don't know that they was... married, but they're like definitely together. Okay. And yeah. yeah, that was a great choice. I'm really glad. That Which, and all this is going to set you up. I'm going to soft toss you the Amy marriage thing here. Mm. But like, that is a whole theme of this book is like the difference in love and marriage. And like, can you have yeah. one without the other? Um, is marriage a necessity? Definitely in that day and age, like Joe was the odd girl out to like not seek marriage. Um, either yeah. by choice. Like she just, it was this whole underlying theme and thread throughout the entire book and movie that um, what, what options do we have as women? um, If you don't marry, then, then what? And I remember in graduate school, I had an awesome professor and he, I think it was in like 18th century literature or something. He talked about how, and you see this in the movie, every book has to end with a marriage or a death. And in many cases, The marriage is the death. It's the death of self. It's the death of passions. It's the death of vocation for a woman. And um, I've never forgotten that since graduate school. And that was definitely something you see in the movie. So go ahead. Talk about Amy. Amy's Amy's monologue. 
I actually really want to find it like quoted out. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. There, I found it. Okay. Um, yeah. So Amy has this moment. I think she's talking to Lori and they're, yep. um, she's, she's an aspiring artist. She's at this art school in France or wherever. And um, she kind of realizes like, she's not going to make it. Like she's not going to be big. Um, a, she's a woman, <laughs> but B, I don't know. I think she's talented, but probably not like, you know, enough. Um, and they were talking about, I think she had a proposal kind of on deck from this other dude and Lori's telling her, don't marry him. You don't love him. And, uh, so now nah, I found it. So here's the quote. She says, and as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough, not enough to earn a living or support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband the moment we got married. And if we had children, they would be his, not mine. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. It may not be for you, but it certainly is for me. That, wow. Yeah. Right? Well, and there's this mm. whole buzz of this is the amy like the renaissance of Amy because we never <laughs> have the, the, you know, the portrayal of something positive yeah. but, but that's it right there. And right. she's very aware, very self-aware, very woke to like – what's up and um, yeah she's kind of like low-key playing her cards like you right and I think yeah exactly you nailed it like she it used to be like oh Amy's just like trying to find a man to like better her position or whatever and she was kind of you thought you thought of her as like bought into it yeah 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 and like you know whatever I'm gonna marry well and I'm gonna look nice and I'm gonna dress in pretty things because that's what men want and you're like oh god gag me Joe is like the hero right she's doing her own thing um, not really, you know, like it's actually case in point here. She is. She's figured out the system mm-hmm. and she's like, you know what? If I find somebody I love fine, but don't like judge me for doing this based on his, you know, standing and status and mm-hmm. wealth. Um, this is exactly what marriage is. Which leads it. me to what I call my dam breaker or my tear jerker moment. And it's the scene Aww. where Joe and Laurie are on the hillside and they're having it out. Like, there's just been this undeniable tension and love between them. And it's like, they finally have to decide he proposes, Mm -hmm. tells her he loves her. And she's like, I love you too, but I can't marry you. Like this can't end that way. And it's like painful. Like it's painful to see his response. It's painful to see her response, but it's leading me to ask you, Kelly, like in the end, do either Amy or Joe end up marrying for love or do they marry for convenience or do they like what what's their motivations would you say what would you say Joe's final and there's a few little ways that they end the movie with her selling her novel and marrying off the heroine in the book mm-hmm. or how the movie ends but like like do you think they both end up where they're supposed to end up that's a better way to ask it Amy and Joe I think Meg does um she married into poverty essentially, which is like, bam, but she wanted a domestic life. Love. She wanted it's that. True. Yeah, she did. It's true. Um, I think, Ooh, that's a great, I think Amy really loved Lori. I think she always loved him. I think mm-hmm. it was like, you know, they, like you said earlier, they grew up together. That was like a, a familial sort of love and closeness that just happened to make sense for getting married. I, I, on first glance, I hated that. Cause I'm like, Oh, we'll just move on to the next one. Like yeah. how would, <laughs> what she wants to be seconds. I don't know. Um, but she got both things. She got the money and the man. So, okay, cool. Um, Joe, I admire. I think on Amy, I don't think it's necessarily that she didn't have other options because she certainly did. She, that's what I love about this. Every, everything is always, it's the woman's choice in this. She chose not Mm -hmm. to marry the other guy. She chose Laurie. And while we are giving her a lot of credit for the depth of her character, I think ultimately they are pretty well suited for each other. I don't think like, 
True. There's only a certain level of depth that each of them have making them a perfect pair. Right. Well, Joe even told him, like, we would drive each other crazy. Like, this would not, it would not work. It won't work. Um, It would also ruin the relationship that they have. And I think that's, you know, important because, you know, this, I love you for this, not Mm -hmm. for something else. Um, So what about Joe? Does she end up, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was going to say, she has this moment where she like wants to backtrack on it and just accept him anyway. Remember she puts the letter in the mailbox and all that. That was painful to watch. I'm so glad they didn't like have him uncover the letter, but you know, like and make it a whole thing. I'm so glad they just... They quietly just let her go retrieve it. And okay, well, that was a dumb move. <laughs> but, um, oh, that was so much pain in that. You know, yeah. you finally like come around, so to speak. Like, well, maybe he is my best choice at companionship. I don't, again, I don't think she was in it for like money or wealth or status. I think she was lonely. I mean, she said that, right? She's so yeah, lonely. I was looking at um, that photo right now when she's talking to yeah, her mom. It's to her like, mom. Why can't she oh, be all these things? But yet I'm so lonely. What a what a beautiful moment that was too. Like the like she confiding to her mom. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was another great moment between her and her mom too that I'll let you kind of talk about. But when they were, she was asking her mom like, "How are you so patient?" Because her mom was like the picture of domesticity and, but, like, and, and, joy and contentment. And I think yeah. that's what she's getting at. Joe yeah. has this feeling of always being so unsettled in who she is, mm-hmm. and she talks about her passions that she can't quite control and she's kind of like how do you do it mom and her mom's like I'm angry every day like I with a smile on her face she's doing a better job of hiding it than me but it's still there what what that (sighs) hit hard and it's right in the middle of Beth dying too so of course we're just a mess everybody's a puddle I'm I'm having all these mm -hmm. moments of like like Marmy like maybe she isn't, maybe she was like, and she did. She told Joe when I was younger, I was just like you. Well, at some point, Mm -hmm. some of that died off, but she's, maybe she is angry on the inside, but she seems to be living joyfully in her circumstances. And that was like a huge challenge for me. I'm like, all the things we've Mm -hmm. talked about on our podcast of like jobs and relationships and single parenting and like, you're doing all that, but like, am I doing it with a joyful attitude or am I like letting all that anger out and yuck out for everybody around me yeah and what does she say when he finally comes home her husband who's (laughs) off fighting in the war she says oh now I can be angry with you to your face which is (laughs) (laughs) right she's like I'm so glad you're home and now bam (laughs) but I mean you know and again they're still happy you know it's he she even said a couple of times when they were like reading letters from him or something like Mm -hmm. well he's he's doing a service that none of us can so you know and this is our family sacrifice and there's so many current day parallels obviously Mm -hmm. um, for our lifestyle and just like oh I have to remind myself all the time like okay this is bigger than me whether i you know, believe in it, not believe in it, understand it doesn't really matter. It was a choice. And that's the life that our family leads. And I can't be mad at the individual, you know, right. like you can, because that's where you can target it and point it. It's a right. tangible person. Shouldn't. Yeah, but you shouldn't. And it doesn't really do any good. And yeah, that's, well, let me yeah, ask you so. this. And this is a tie into our current military life or being military families. But I have often heard it said, especially in like movies, that oftentimes a house or a place can act as a character in the narrative. Sure. And I mm. certainly feel like their home is a character in this movie. It's like so developed, yeah. so enriching. The place they all stay. My yeah. girls who are 14 and 12 are like, mom, attic goals. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I kept thinking like, ooh, my attic is so creepy. I would never go up there. And, and she's like sleeping up there. I'm making myself a she shed attic like that. I mean, for all the creative energy that took place up there. Oh yeah. my word. But yeah. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. Think, I, like that. I love thinking of that in terms of like, okay, well, how do I bring that down to my real life? Is my home mm-hmm. a character in our life story? And like, are we using the space to foster creativity in our kids, to serve mm-hmm. people who need help, to open our doors to like, in this case, an immigrant, like her, Joe's boyfriend, they refer to him as being an immigrant. And like, wh- how are we living mm-hmm. that story with our home as a character in our lives? especially as we're moving around and like yeah sometimes it's a great house sometimes it's a terrible house but yeah still a home no matter what uh right yeah I know it's so (laughs) I was thinking about the the when every time they ran down the stairs that it's called apparently it's called a newel post that like post at the bottom like the banister Mm -hmm. um just the way they grab it and turn like how much like how worn that oh. would have been right yeah. you know what I mean like how warm and like the sad moments where she was looking for Beth that last time you yeah. know that whole scene was huge and um you know I, yeah and it's the it's the people and your first my first thought when you said that is a you're such a six b right. <laughs> <laughs> um how can you do that and ever like which home are you talking about right like mm-hmm. I, so that's a challenge. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it's all the energy you put into it. So, and yeah, you're right. Of course she wrote in the attic. Where mm-hmm. else would she write? Like, she's just, just like trapped energy of like all this amazing, like crazy and all these like memories flooding and, you know, like touching, like the costumes would probably bring up all sorts of wearing. Didn't she wear the coat yeah. at one point? Like the little yeah, Civil well, War that coat. was kind of, she had. would put it on. And here's, yeah. here's another nuance of all that. If you notice, most of Joe's clothes were very masculine and right. um, it Sounded me at the very beginning of the movie when she's turning in a story literally for money, not for notoriety. Mm-hmm. She's given the option to put her name on the story and she chooses to go anonymous. And I felt like yeah. that was so like profound that she didn't yeah. even recognize her own identity as a woman, as a person, mm-hmm. as a writer, as being valuable. It was just a transactional thing for her. But yet Ooh. she had to, I mean, and even shortening the name Josephine to Joe, like that's right. Has, me some like masculinity to it and um yeah she would always put on a man's cloak or it seemed like I don't know I think there she was, did yeah and she always played a dude in the in a, herself in a mindset of mm-hmm. a masculine society well that, and I don't know if she said it ever but it's like oh, I wish I'd been born a boy like yeah. so much more open to you and how different her life could have been and yeah, yeah so that's crazy what do you think um so we've we've seen them typed Enneagram yes. types um yeah. Okay. So I'm wondering, uh, we'll start with, we'll start with Joe. We'll start okay. with Joe. Um, I, so I, I, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I hadn't put a lot of thought into it, but, um, I now have thoughts based on other people's opinions, <laughs> but, um, someone said she was like an eight with a seven wing, but I feel like you have a, you disagree with that. Well, I, it was just the opposite. I said a seven with an eight mm-hmm. wing and it was the spirit of adventure, the spirit of, um, even like in Beth's death, like we got to get out of here. I'm taking you to the ocean. Like kind of couldn't, yeah. had a hard time sitting with fit her present feelings. She just mm. wanted to like run and like be away. And, um, but definitely that eight wing with that defender and, uh, mm. taking the I like that. I could also see the eight being her core type too, just because of her like sense of justice. 
you know, and looking out for the underdog and starting the school for Kit, for, for girls who in that right. day and age were on the margins. Um, but let me ask you so, this, Kelly, to make a distinction between a seven and an eight. If you had to put Joe in the body center or the head center. I know. That's, mm-hmm. where, that's where that one puts me back at a seven. Yeah, she's she's definitely in her head. Yeah, she's okay. All right, cool. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to like shut down the conversation. I just for <laughs> no. me, I, I, no, I can make your, I can make the argument for an eight, but that's where it, for me it moves to a wing instead of. Well, so let's talk about fears though. So she's either afraid of being with hard stuff, which I totally agree with that. That's a that's a big flag yeah. uh, for the seven camp, um, or being afraid of being vulnerable. And I kind of feel like marriage would have put her in a vulnerable place. Like a husband can now tell her to shut down the whole writing thing, right? Like he could easily control that back then. Um, Could control where they live, can control what she does, like everything. So that to me is almost like a fear of like giving into that or buying into that construct as a means of supporting herself. Like that's, she's scared to be dependent. She doesn't want that. Well, because to me also a seven, that basic desire is to be satisfied and like, to be content. And I feel like she's oh, changed yeah. the whole, yeah. her whole life. Like she's not fitting in her skin and mm. yeah, and she wants her freedom. Okay. Right? Like she wants her freedom and that's why she rejects Laurie's marriage. That's why even mm. though she's with Frederick, they're maybe not married. Like she does not want to sure. give that up. Oh, I like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'll take it. Seven sounds better. <laughs> but definitely that strong, assertive eight oh, wing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, Jim, okay, wait. So about, let's do, we'll save Amy for the last. Let's do, um, what's the oldest one? I'm well, just Meg. Meg. <laughs> Meg <laughs> seems easy. Um, yeah, we think one for her. You agree? I agree. The two. Two wing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. So that's her. I mean, she kind of lets everybody else um, tell her what to do. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. I could see it too. Well, I, I could see that. And she could, you know, and she could move between both, right? Like that's right. kind of the beauty there. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think where the one goes. It's a seven and a, what are the ones tied to? Four? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, there we go. So that's her strength move is the creativity and the the fun and the drama and all that mm-hmm. stuff that they do as kids. That's cool. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll settle her in the one. In the one spot. Um, definitely we'll do Beth. So I think Beth could be a nine. Okay. Give your argument for a nine and I'll give mine for a two. She was just constantly diffusing stuff. I mean, okay. she seemed to be like the 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 Switzerland out of okay. everyone, right? Like there would be two that were fighting and she would kind of drop little nuggets that said, you know. Yeah. Almost like pleading the other's point or the case to kind of bring the family closer back when they were bickering or fighting or whatever. I mean, she was also young, so she didn't have a ton of lines. She didn't have like a huge role other than her dying. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, it's kind of hard, but um, I could see nine. Yeah. Well, when I was talking to my daughters about it, you know, hashtag homeschool mom, but like we were talking about how (laughs) Beth is definitely a flat character. Like you don't see her change and develop and grow. She just kind of stays the same. Um. But I would argue it too, because I do think she definitely has that caring heart. Like she's driven by her heart motivations. She mm. is feeding the and caring for these sick kids and hummels. She, as an act of thanks, like Laurie's grandfather gives her this piano, but it's like she can't just accept the gift. She's got to return the mm. gift. Yeah, that's true. Choose and like, I think all of those like de- like demonstrated acts of generosity and giving and people pleasing seem on brand for it too, I guess. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Mm, 
I, I hate we didn't get to see her grow up because <laughs> again, it's hard to type children. And how old she? She was like in her teens, maybe when she died. Do you think that that? I mean, obviously this is fiction, but we know that it's a, a kind of a playback to Louisa May Alcott's own life. Do you think in a big family of four sisters like that, that that's pretty accurate, that there would be a flat sister, a sister who, I mean, there's a lot of big personalities with her sisters. And like, is there a chance that you end up with one out of four that's kind of, you know? Yeah. I mean, gosh. And being like the youngest child too, probably has a little something to do with it. Was she the youngest? Wasn't she, Belle? Yeah. Oh, I could be wrong. <laughs> I, she seems like a youngest or maybe a lost middleborn. <laughs> maybe there are more nods. And a, or a youngest too, because maybe in her maturity, she is the youngest. She never really like grows. Yeah. Child. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like she's ever trying to leave the house or like, you know, she's just wanting to, maybe she, yeah, I could see too a little bit stronger there. Cause she's just wanting to take care of people and things and yeah. be of use. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. No, I don't know. So don't um, Amy. We've got our number for her. Yeah. So go ahead. What do you think? I think she's a four and not just because she's an artist or a painter, but because she is very, I don't know. I think I was telling you earlier, I think there's a part of her that feels like many fours, very misunderstood, very alone. Like she's the only one in the world who's dealing with this. And I definitely think she's the outcast or the black sheep of her family because Everybody else seems pretty content in this life of poverty and this life of service. And I think she always has felt like she was made for something more. And her aunt reemphasizes that with like, hey, you're the one that's going to go to Europe. You're the one that's going to do big things. I'm putting all my eggs right. in the basket. Yeah. The <laughs> you're the one. You. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And honestly, I can see it mostly with a three wing um, just because she is so determined and so like steadfast, like yeah. laser focused on her goal. Like she's going to marry well. Yeah. That's it. Like, and as we've already kind of talked about, like she has different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's not just like this artificial sort of like, you know, yeah. whatever it's, it's actually like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I still want to flex this creative wing, this painting, this artistic, you know, mm-hmm. sort of outlet. And hopefully she'll still be able to do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think too, a lot of times we think of fours as like these brooding, whatever, but like one of her key qualities is the fact that she is so introspective. And I think in every other adaptation of this movie, we've seen her as this bratty little sister, but I think Mm -hmm. this new version is like, so just so adept at pulling out that she's thoughtful. She's got all these deep feelings that she actually articulates. And um, we've been missing from Amy all these years. Right. I know. Right. So I think too, that, that bratty kind of tendency though, plays out as expressive Mm -hmm. and dramatic, which is for sure a four thing. (laughs) Um, So even manipulative maybe. Um, So a four goes to two in stress. Right. So that could be seen a little bit there. And yeah, I just love it. She's got a lot of movement. Um, She's got a five wing if possible. Like, you know, the thought clearly that she put into her situation and this economic proposition (laughs) kind of seems to me like an an overthought, you know, a really intellectual way to like kind of put all the pieces together and, and foresight, um, into her life and what it means. So yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. she's, she's cooler than I remember her. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> and I will tell you, I just, I have literally not stopped thinking about this movie. And if I didn't have to drive an hour each way to go see it, I would be seeing it again today. <laughs> um, loved it so much anytime. And you know, the, is it Greta Gershwin that wrote Gerwin, it? Gershwin. Gershwin. 
yeah. something. She's the um, director of Lady Bird, which had uh, uh-huh. Laurie and Joe's characters in it. Did you see Lady Bird? I didn't. I, I, it's on my some oh, list that I have somewhere. So yeah. Good. It is is so it? Good. Okay. That same emotional nuance that you just can't put your finger on what it is that's moving you so much, but it mm-hmm. is. Um, it's so well done. Little Women, if you haven't seen it, and you still have questions now that we've like talked about it. No, no, we've ruined it. Uh, go yeah. see it. But it's, yeah. it's just one of those movies, man. I just, I cried throughout I honestly, it. I have been looking up articles and reading about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's man. What a great thing for you and your girls too. Like, and your boys, I was like, I, we didn't take Reese. I would have, and he probably would have enjoyed it, but I would love to be able to say, like have conversations like this with both my kids. Like, okay, yeah. this is where we were. This was very much real life back then. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't come that far <laughs> since then. We've come a little bit. We we wear more comfortable clothes now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about it. Um, yeah. So also the cinematography too. Oh, um, th- that beach scene, like mm-hmm. I would just crawl up in the and live there. It was yeah. so gorgeous. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, just the colors, everything. It was so great. And the clothes, the attention to detail there. Like I loved the scenes where like Joe was like laying on a couch and kind of like splayed all over it yes. <laughs> like you can see her like rando flannel bloomers and some mm-hmm. like you know layers. socks and yeah all these layers I'm like oh my god that's it's so a very cool. cozy movie it's a very cozy yeah like, scripting and screenplay and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah so give me, we'll do a little overrated underrated who is your overrated character and who is underrated in the movie oh, okay well so overrated overrated i'm gonna go with Lori because i still feel the same way about him right. <laughs> as i did um i'm gonna say underrated would have been the mom i feel like the mom had you know like gosh she like helped laura is lord dern was the mm-hmm. actress she like owned every scene she was in she did um that one That's the one great. scene oh my god the scene where beth had died and a, Joe had come downstairs yes. to like look and for Joe her seated at the table and she, pawing at her girl yes. I died like I'm gonna cry right now because, like, mm-hmm. and there was no sound like it was completely silent or maybe there was music but there was no like audible like sobs or anything again, that that's was, to try to go super deep but like that's the beauty of a mother-daughter relationship because mm-hmm. it's not a clear-cut line where one then begins to take care of the other. It's all your yeah. life. Your mom has taken care of you, but there comes a point when you take care of her too. I'm going to cry. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. I'm like tearing up. Yeah. That was, that one hit like, Oh, so, but she, and she did that. I mean, that's golly, the actress, like yeah, she, nailed she nailed it. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then buttoned herself up and, mm-hmm. you know, did a funeral and you know just like oh god yeah the strength yeah. I can't even she was aspirational for me for sure like yeah go be a marmy like do it <laughs> yeah and the freaking confession that she's angry every day like yes yes thank you for saying that like you don't yeah. have to be you can be put together but you can also still have your insides and that's um, the honest conversations we need to be having with our daughters you know I like, like that we too don't have yeah so my overrated was going to go to um, the dad that was barely there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Screw the dad. And also the dad is better call Saul. Like well, they could have kicked literally. Oh, sorry. 
I love him. Any other actor. I love Better Call Saul um, and Bob Odenkirk. I do think he's a great actor. And I think he played the role just fine. Um, And I don't say overrated in that, like, we don't need the dad. But I just kind of love how, like, he's not really central to the story. Like, he fathered those girls. And, like, we're glad you're home for Christmas. But we're running this pretty tight ship over here without you. Yeah. I don't know, like, sometimes life does feel that mm-hmm. way, and not in a mean way, or to, like, exclude, or, like, talk down about husbands and dads, but, like, I just loved how, I don't know, I do think he was a little overrated in that, like, everybody's making this big spectacle of dad, and da 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 yeah. and, like, he's not really, and he's, he's not there for a good reason, like, we know too well, but, right. um, yeah, just a but little even too. But like, even, like, the name, like, My Little Women, like, yeah. I get it, it's iconic now, and it was probably sweet and endearing then, but, um, mm, yeah, okay, it's dismissive, and, 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 and well, I mean, you know, and it plays all, it plays well, right, like, mm-hmm. that's the whole story, that it makes sense, mm-hmm. but, um, ooh, yeah, I agree with that, for sure, and, and yeah, he, as soon as he stepped out, I was like, oh, God, anybody but him. <laughs> yeah, and I know it was for comic relief at the end, but just, his little line about like, oh, he would make me a great, I'd be a great friend with Frederick if he stayed. Like, dude, like, it's not about right. you. Right. Not your daughter. Right. Like, making it about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. My underrated, my underrated would just be Queen Meryl Streep, who played Aunt Yes. Like, oh, just, man. It made me sad because not only is she like, scripted and characterized as the old lady in the movie she is getting to be the old lady in real life and I love her but I just thought like she's kind of like the dowager in Downton Abbey like she didn't say much when she did it was (laughs) mic drop you know like every line yeah Yeah. came in with these humdingers and zingers and I loved at the end I guess it would have been after was it after um Meg's wedding where she's like really like just ragging on everybody at that wedding yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the wedding was awesome I can't yeah. believe I'm gonna walk this far I can't believe yeah. I paid for this like yeah. just like all kinds of shade left and right yeah. like in, and like that. with a teacup with a pinky up the whole time and refusing <laughs> to dance with everybody that like came oh over. no I just thought like she <laughs> yeah. is a woman who knows what she is about and she is unwavering in that so yeah. That's great. Yeah, she is very much the dowager yeah. <laughs> countess or whatever. Yeah. So good. I she love was great. it. I love it. So, so go see I, it if you haven't. Looking at our time it. thing here, we're at like almost 50 minutes. And, you know, we try to keep these bonus episodes at like 20 or 30. So <laughs> this is a double bonus for you today. And thank yep, you. Enjoy. Gold medal, five gold stars to you if you listen for the whole thing. So Awesome. Y'all take care. Thanks for, thanks for supporting us.